Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Oh, who's this stranger? Oh, we'll get there. Um, welcome first to the Media Boat Podcast. Um, You're still marooned, waving the white flag. Yes, yeah, still. Uh, no volleyballs yet. I believe it's just us. No. But, uh, but we did find a native to the strange land. Yeah, it's uh, this week's all about islands. Uh, there's a theme this week. And yeah, we found on this deserted island none other than friend of the podcast, Christy. It's me. It's her. Uh, it's her. So yeah. AKA. Um, the, the librarian? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's how you're referred to on here. You yeah. go right alongside the doctor. And the, the chat. The chat has come to life. Yeah. I am the, the chat. chat. You're one of our chats. Yes, but no live chats. No. No live chats. We are still doing audio-only podcasts for now. Yeah. Uh, I was going to get there. I wasn't sure the conversation was Sorry, over. I got there. I got there for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome to the Media Podcast. Yes, we are still recording just audio versions um, as we are recording remotely. We are in each of our own homes at the moment. Um, today is Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. The nation is still on lockdown, despite what the president wants you to believe. Um, and yeah, this is going to be how it is for the time being. Today I was informed, uh, before the recording that this is episode 220. Woo! Yay, we did it! We made it! Made 220 rights. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot to talk about um, because things are still happening in the media world. Because turns out you can enjoy media from the comfort of your home. I believe with episode two twenty, we passed the number of episodes the office has aired. Wow! Really? Yes. Shocked. I am shocked. I believe that is correct. Are you shuffling take papers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take that. Okay, so, uh, sorry, I'm hearing a lot of shuffling. No, no, that's, that's on my end. Okay. Uh, food is being shuffled here. I'm going to... Almost done, sorry. Almost done. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no worries. But, uh, let's continue. Uh, we are the Beagle Podcast. Yeah, and if you... And we talk about stuff. Yeah, if you're listening to this for the first time, you picked a weird time to listen. And second, um... But thank you for listening. But thank, thank you. That is number two. Yeah. Uh, number three is, is what we do here is we talk about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Um, uh, but well, yeah. Because you put it not in that order. Exactly. It's on purpose. Um, and so we always start with movies and we always start with box office numbers from the previous weekend. But, uh, well, why don't you tell the people why this week's a little different? Well, we always talk about box office and, well... As people are being basically shut in and quarantined, for some reason, movie theaters are still open somewhere and making money somewhere. Somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. It's just being reported this way. <laughs> <laughs> I know around me, movie theaters have basically shut down. Yeah. But hey, there is still a box office stream at this point. Did you want to call it a stream? More like a trickle or a drip? Yeah, probably? It, except 
yeah, Drip is right because I'm looking at the numbers here, and I thought for a while that you had just put last week's or two weeks ago's numbers on here, and that we hadn't edited it yet. Uh, but then something happened where I noticed that those were K's and not M's. Yes, yes, those are thousands. That's a K. That's a thousand, not not million. Yeah. So your number one movie is still uh, Disney and Pixar's Onward, but with only thirty three thousand dollars made. Uh, that is a ninety seven percent drop off, and note <laughs> the biggest drop off in the history of the box office. Although that is considered unfair due to current circumstances, but at least the <laughs> biggest drop off in Disney's history. Yeah, it'll be a nice footnote in the history books, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, so onwards, still your number one. That's sitting at. I don't even know if I should even read these domestic numbers because they're so similar to last week's. Oh no, they are. They only went up by like a thousand. So I'll maybe? skip. I'll skip thousand? that. I'll just go down to the rest of these top five. Uh, number two, The Invisible Man made twenty one thousand dollars. Bloodshot at number three, eighteen thousand dollars. Number four, I still believe, with $15,000. And lastly, number five, CG Dog and Harrison Ford in The Call of the Wild with made another $14,000. And that's it. That There's... one jumped back up to the top five, but, you know, not much of a jump. Yeah. And if you're crazy enough to go to a theater this weekend, well, there are no movies coming out. Yes, as we discussed the previous two weeks, that the uh, studios have decided to delay all releases. Uh, this week was supposed to be Mulan. That got pushed. And we will not be seeing a new release until Trolls uh, World Tour. Yeah. So I feel Maybe. like I know the answer to this question, but did either of you see a new movie la this week? Uh, I almost watched Stargirl on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Almost, as in I did not. <laughs> Christy, any movies? I don't think so. <laughs> you have to think about it. Um, I'm I'm sure I watched some some webinars about how to be a librarian. <laughs> it's like a movie. Does it's not like count. A movie, except where it's not. <laughs> Um, we did watch a lot of television this week, all three of us, so we'll get there later. Um, but before we move on to TV, we have movie news to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, the box office. So yeah, we have movie news. Yeah. And this, yeah, first story is about the box office, weirdly enough. Not weirdly, that was on purpose. <laughs> I see. So this is kind of, it looks like this is a, uh, a summary of what's going on in the world of theater operators. Right, so as, as is clearly noted, nobody's really going to the movie theaters. Right, so That's what... what so if you were a movie uh, operator, a theater operator, what would you do? Well, here's what some of the companies are doing right now. Uh, first up, Alamo Draft House, the um, special drink slash eat here theater that's in like major cities in the u.s uh major they've cities in the u.s major cities exactly has put together a two million dollar emergency relief fund for the staff members who were furloughed approximately 80 percent of alamo's corporate staff along with most almost all of their theater employees were furloughed 
with only a few core employees remaining. Uh, furloughed team members who work for corporate-owned locations will receive a supplemental two weeks' pay, and their health coverage will be covered through the end of April. Alamo Drafthouse co-founders Tim and Carrie League set up a relief fund in partnership with the Emergency Assistance Foundation and contributed $2 million from their Alamo Community Fund. The endowment is also accepting larger donations from studio partners, suppliers, and other organizations. Applications for staff members who qualify will open next week. The reserve extends to those who work in company headquarters and corporate-owned venues. Uh, that being said, Alamo Drafthouse closed 40 of their locations earlier this week, over half of which are corporate-owned. The remaining multiplexes are franchises and will rely on independent resources to handle the closures. Um, but Daryl's not the only theater chain doing something. Yeah, um, it looks like... I was just going to comment real quick before I moved on with the story that uh, that's cool. Uh, it seems like that the Alamo leadership are really cool people that are trying the best they can to at least uh, extend some help to their furloughed employees. Alamo has always been cool like that. Like when they instituted the no texting policy and the no talking policy, <laughs> yeah. how they can kick you out of their place. Yeah. Uh, without uh, no refunds. And they're always, always doing like cool, like cool launch events and stuff and themed drinks and food and stuff. It's sad that we don't have one out here. Uh, supposedly we're getting one in L.A., but, you know, then this happened. Yeah, like, who knows when that's actually going to happen now. Um, I'm like supposed to open up a top golf over here sometime. Oh, is that why is that why our, a friend of the podcast, Mark, is leaving? They didn't build the top golf fast enough? Not in time. No, <laughs> not in time. <laughs> the man loves top golf. <laughs> Christy, have you ever heard of top golf? No, I have no idea what the hell that is. Mike, tell her what top golf is. It's basically a driving range, but also a video game simulator. <laughs> what? <You get> points. <laughs> you get points I... for hitting the ball into certain holes. It's balls and holes. Balls and holes. Balls and holes. I thought you were going to say that it was actually top less golf, and then it was just like, it was like a driving range, but the girls <laughs> didn't work out. Oh, no, see, that's the strip club that's open next to it, and that happens after 2, 2 a.m.? <laughs> Yes, 2 a.m. After um, Top Golf closes, then the strip club next door comes over, and from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., it becomes after hours topless golf. I would go to that. <laughs> a lot of people would go to that. I don't even play golf. It's a good business idea. Let's get on Neither it. do the strippers. <laughs> <laughs> what if they did, though? What if they did? I'm pretty sure balls and holes mean something different to them. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, but other theaters also have uh, plans for this uh, for this situation, including AMC Theaters, Regal Cinemas, and Cinemark, as, of course, they had to shutter also for an indefinite period of time to lower risk of spreading coronavirus. Starting last week, uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommended that public gatherings involving more than 50 people which is most movie viewings, unless you're going to something real unpopular, um, should be called off for the next eight weeks. So I can still go see Parasite in theaters? Well, uh, no. <laughs> 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 also, I think that that probably got a little bit of bump after one best picture, I would imagine. But. Yeah, but I mean, 
it's also like that independent owned theater chain. Yeah, you can just wait until the Criterion Edition DVD and just watch it at home. Hey, plug from last week. Yes, plug from last week. Or whenever. Or whenever that was two weeks ago. Who who the hell knows? Time stopped if it, like for everyone, I feel. <laughs> Is this Wednesday? I don't even know anymore. I just assume it's Wednesday and it's just, this podcast is just going to go up on a Wednesday. Yeah, just like the club goes up on a Tuesday. Yes, that's how I know the podcast the next day. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, our second story is about Amazon. Yeah, they still exist, unfortunately. Yes, this is, might be good Amazon. It's and Amazon tangential. Well, but, I don't know, maybe it is Amazon. So Amazon Prime Video has launched a new hub. I love hubs. Featuring movies that Hollywood hoped you'd be watching right now in the theaters, but are watching at home. They're calling it their Video Cinema, and it allows you to rent or buy recently released movies through the streaming service. Uh, movies currently offered uh, through the hub include Onward, uh, the aforementioned Pixar film, The Hunt, The Invisible Man, and Emma. Although Onward is only available at the $18.49 purchase price. Oh boy. While the others are only available for rental at that same reduced price. What? Yeah. So you can purchase Onward and have it to own at the $18 mark. But the other ones are rental only. only That's at the $18 mark. That's a insane price to spend for a rental. Yeah, but you also realize that these are same day currently in theater box office releases. Yeah, but like... Yeah, but if the theater was open, I could go see it for eight bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like on a Tuesday or something. Like Yes, but so could you and your whole family. And I think that's where the price point comes in. I guess. Because usually it's not just you, it's you and someone else. I, I guess that's true. So what would normally be a $20 outing plus popcorn and concessions... <laughs> goes into just an eighteen dollar ticket. They should ask you how many people are in your household and price it from that then. <laughs> yeah, I shall lie and put zero so I get it for free. <laughs> that's like that's like doing the thing where you um pretend you're calling in delivery for food and you're pretending there's a whole family there and you're ordering a lot of food and then it's really just you. I have never done that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, I just showed my full ass on this podcast. Anyway. Yes, just a full Costco pizza. <laughs> you, hey, I'm not the person who has eaten an entire Costco Supreme pizza. You are. In one sitting? That's so impressive. He did it. No, I got up and walked around. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <But> yes. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, this is silly, but, um, uh, they'll be available to rent for 48 hours. Uh, Birds and Prey, Birds of Prey and The Way Back will be added on Tuesday of guess, I guess, next week. Um, yes. as well as Bloodshot. Uh, so NBC Universal said Tuesday it would make movies available to rent online in this home on the same day as their global theatrical releases due to the coronavirus other streaming services such as iTunes and Google Play also offer these titles for streaming purchase and rental. So there's multiple options uh, for your download, uh, down 
for your ability to download these things if you so choose. And this is the overall big story that movie theaters are making deals with these streaming companies to get their movies out there. Yeah. And it could turn into, who knows? It'll be interesting like to a see. option if it stays. Yeah. Post, well, post outbreak. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I'm still of the mind that this will go back to normal, I think, by next week. But, or next, not next week, uh, by <laughs> next month. Whenever this ends, I think that the theater, the theater chains will lobby the the studios hard to make sure this does not continue once people start going to movies again. Well, yeah, because then what's going to stop them from putting it on their own platform, right, for their own purchasing price point? It's the thing that happened with retail stores, you know, over the last five or six years where the retail stores just had to give up their lobbying power eventually and just accept that everybody was buying things digitally. And, like, well, that's going to happen with movies eventually, but I don't think this is the tipping point. I think that'll happen later. I don't know, but this seems like a good tipping point, or at least a good rock-the-boat situation. Yeah, but movies are such a unique situation, though. Like, you're going to a movie to have the experience of going to a movie. And that cannot be re- replicated at home. I mean, you're right. No, nobody, or at least most people, don't have that yeah. digital Dolby surround sound set up in their home. Yeah, not that many people. That experience. Yeah, yeah, not that many people have a 5.1 uh, Dolby surround setup plus a 4K television with HDR <laughs> and a PS4 I mean, Pro attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> You you do in your screening room? Is that what you said? Yes. At the library? No. Oh, in your home. House, yeah. Oh, in your mansion. Yes. In you know in 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 the uh, Boston basement. Yeah, in the Boston basement. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, you haven't invited us to your mansion yet. When am I going to see your mansion? I want to see if you, you're my friend because you like me or because of my money. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, that's fair. Clearly, you had me at theater screening. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this is why I don't mention it first thing. You gotta, you gotta make sure they like you for your personality. They earn it, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I, I judge people based on their movie preference. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'd say it was good judgment. <laughs> I mean, I I judge people based on their looks. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, let's take a look at some television then, uh, because that's it for movie news. And Yay! we didn't watch any movies, so we get to move on to television. And uh, don't yay so quickly, Christy, because before we get into television news, we have to have Mike Sports Corner. Uh, yes, we talk about sports or the lack of thereof. <laughs> yes. The big story, so, of course, this week in sports is the sports. There are more sports that are not happening. Yeah. Uh, the that's thing. The news. Yeah, the thing that we had talked about literally three weeks ago finally came to fruition this morning. Um, there will be no 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, that's not to say the Olympics won't happen. 
They are currently being uh, rescheduled for 2021. So next year. So people who are excited for some gold medal action will have to wait until next August instead of this August. And this wasn't done because fears of the virus wouldn't be gone by the time the Olympics happen. This was done because competition to qualify for the Olympics could not take place prior to the actual event starting. Right, exactly. If everybody's on lockdown right now, that means athletes can't compete. So, yes. So athletes and gov- countries' governments were threatening to not send their athletes in order to compete. Yeah, and so nobody wants that going as well. Nobody wants an so, Olympics where half the people don't show up. Yeah, so Dick Pound made an executive decision to <laughs> not have this happen. I love Dick Pound. I'm so glad that he's representing the the IOC in this crucial moment in history. Dick Pound is from Canada, and he delivers the news hard and fast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but that's not the only thing getting canceled. Uh, the XFL, meanwhile, have also canceled the rest of their 2020 season, finally. Uh, yeah, it was put on hold for two weeks. Uh, um, the end of that season was supposed to happen this upcoming week. Seeing as even if it did end, and they still couldn't play their championship game. Yeah. So it's uh, we'll call this a wash. Thank you for the six week test run, I guess. Yeah. Do you think it comes back next year? Uh, it's gonna try, but at least one good thing came out of it. Uh, one of the quarterbacks got picked up to be the new quarterback, or at least a backup uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, so he gets to play real football. Um. Yes, real <laughs> football in <laughs> Carolina. The realest football. Hey, be nice to uh, be nice to Car- the Carolina Panthers. We have a uh, we have a Southern Cal- Carolina in here. Okay, but the you don't know Carolina, how to say it. So, Carolinian. Carolinian. Oh well, whatever. Even I know that. <laughs> and I've never been there on purpose. On pr- wait, you've been there by accident. <laughs> Uh, layover. Wait, did you visit? Maybe? Did you visit her mansion and you didn't tell me about it? I, I told you the basement's in Boston. I can't. Oh, well, wherever it is. Anyway, um, what else is going on in sports? Uh, <laughs> uh, the WWE is allowing free access to, I'm guessing, their channel, their streaming network, uh, for the uh, next three yeah, months. So if the you WWE app, streaming service, yeah, service. WWE Network is, I believe, what they call it. Um, so I guess if there was a time, if there was any time that if you had ever wanted to jump in on professional wrestling, this would be when to do it. Uh, they made this announcement over the weekend after WrestleMania 30 was on ESPN and drew in over a million people to watch it. Damn. Uh, so they're like, hey, if we're going to be the only entertainment that people need their sports fix, why not give them three months and hopefully hook them into buying it for the year? Perhaps. And then you can watch all of the like awkward, dram- dramatic readings that are happening without an audience right now. Mm-hmm. 
It's fascinating. Have you? Did you watch some of those clips, Mike? Yeah, I watched all WrestleMania 30 when it was on. No, but like, there were some clips going around just the regular ass show, and it was just so awkward. They're like, the entrances are super weird because there's nobody cheering. They just kind of oh, yeah. like. No, I watched the Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, it's replay. fascinating. Well, I mean, I watched it because Gronk was on it. Oh, oh, and they announced that he was going to be the host for the upcoming WrestleMania. There was a rumor going around that he's going to be a full-time WWE guy. Is Do you think that's no true? No longer a rumor. Is that um, real? I believe he will be signed. Okay, so my theory, I haven't actually researched this, that even though he's um, going to be the host for WrestleMania, he will at some point get into a fight win said fight and then they'll sign him to a contract to make a big spectacle of it (laughs) uh is this the future that uh you and the doctor imagined for gronk um yeah because it means that he can uh finally use steroids on purpose and (laughs) jack up like he was (laughs) do you think that the gronk cruise still happens in earnest after all of this yes except it's going to be a tinier boat this time. <laughs> Why? Because he's going to be huge, like all built, and just seem yes. smaller? Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they can't handle his massive ego at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, well, anything else happening in the world of sports before we move on? Yes, NASCAR is still happening. Wait, are we still going to get the Roval? Uh, not quite, because NASCAR is merging with esports and is becoming iRacing. Oh, well... It's an actual thing. iRacing already existed. Yes, but is iRacing existing on Fox in Sunday's broadcast? Oh. You're while gonna... having all these uh, things, drivers who've built up the rigs over the past two weeks to test drive are now going to be racing competitively against everybody huh okay or at least against the actual like nascar people do you think people will watch this even though it's not really nascar this thing was on fs1 this past week it drew over a million people which is why it's being moved to fox uh broadcast this is gonna be a This is going to be a fascinating thing to look back on because we're going to be like, hey, remember when all real sports went away and we had fake sports? We had eSports, yeah. <laughs> like wrestling and like freaking eye racing. Okay, I'll give you fake sports for wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting. Like, okay, fine. Not fake sports, like alt sports, like alternative sports. Oh, speaking of alternative sports... Uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho, is back on ESPN 2. I heard that they did that over the weekend, yeah. Uh, not just this past Sunday, but apparently for every Sunday from now on, they're gonna do that. And for those listening... Yeah, and for those listening who are not familiar or confused, they use the ESPN 8 Ocho joke to be a real thing, and they do stuff that's not really sports like they'll do like marble racing and dodgeball and like all sorts of weird ass stuff Gels marble olympics is a real sport <laughs> it's the realest of all sports 
It is because everything is fair in that sport. Christy, have you seen the marble racing? I have not. No. You should. I will show you. Yeah, you I will need show to. Show you Joe's marble races. YouTube the marble races because they're fascinating. I mean, it sounds cool. I would. It sounds like something I would watch. Oh yeah, no, you'll it's you'd that love it. Should watch. You would love it. There's they actual like stats for marbles. Yeah, there's stats. There's <laughs> like. There's teams, and the teams all have like na- c- clever names, and then the, each individual marble is marble is also given its own clever name. Yeah. It's like these people have like no lives, and they spend all their time making these marble racing. So I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a team called the O Rangers, and they're all orange marbles, <laughs> and they all have different names like Clementine. <laughs> Cutie, <laughs> Mabel. <laughs> I told you you'd love this. That's what There's I'm also do a bunch of green it. marbles called the Green Ducks, and their names are like Mallard and Quack and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. Anyway. You watch it and you root them on. You're like, yeah, go, 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 go. Ah, <laughs> oh, the thrill of sports. <laughs> You know, in these trying times, we need these not so real sports to feel to feel something. Yeah, yeah it's great because uh, the commentary on them is fantastic. Also, they get into uh, there's actual like crowds. There's this whole like opening and closing ceremony as well. <laughs> it's really well done, and some people in the the stands fight each other. It's fantastic. The people in the stands are also marbles. Yes, and you think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the marbles are watching the other marbles. And there's actually like cuts to the stands of them cheering and booing and walking out of the stadium and protesting. It's hilariously great. You gotta love it. Anyway, let's move on. Um, we just plugged that. Yeah, <laughs> we just By plugged. Way, you can find all all the Marble Olympics on YouTube. Just search Gels Marble Races. Yes. There, final plug. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. There's television news to talk about real quick here. Um. Our... Uh, yes. Uh, speaking of our good friends at Amazon. Yeah, we have more uh, news on the TV side about Amazon Prime. They are releasing content that was previously only available to Prime Video customers paying subscribers uh, that is now available to everybody this includes amazon original series such as just add magic pete the cat and if you give a mouse a cookie based on the children's book of the same name and select seasons of pbs kids shows including arthur daniel tiger's neighborhood odd squad and wild crafts yes if you're keeping track those are all kids shows yeah uh, <laughs> All these shows are directed at keeping kids glued to the TV so parents can do work or, you know, whatever they do at these trying times. Then in Europe, uh, there's two additional uh, shows that are available. Everyone's favorite, um, uh, Peppa Pig and Ben and Holly's Little Kingdom. Yes, the very cultured swine Peg Peppa Pig. <laughs> And the lovely couple Ben and Holly. Yeah, sure. And their little kingdom. I don't know who Ben and Holly are. Uh, to access I don't know the <laughs> to access the free kids titles, users must sign in with a valid Amazon account, 
which is free. You don't need to be a Prime uh, member to qualify. Uh, not no, only that, but they upped the members that you can have on any profile from four to six. Oh, that's nice. And then uh, another note, though, if you are a Prime member, though, you can subscribe to PBS Kids via Amazon Channels for just five mo $5 a month. And then you get all of the uh, public television's kid, kid video catalog. Uh, in addition, through its IMDb subsidiary, yes, um, your regular reminder that Amazon bought IMDb a while ago, a while ago uh, the e-commerce giant also curated a list of over 80 family movies that are available to watch for free with ads from their service, IMDb TV. Uh, these... And this is the first mention I have of IMDb TV. Yeah, I didn't know that that exists. Uh, but yeah, they those movies include Shrek Forever After, which I understand is the worst Shrek movie. Did somebody want to tell you that? Somebody, somebody, some... Buddy once told me. True. Um, Scooby-Doo the movie, which I'm guessing is that, uh, what, 2002, 2001 one? Uh, directed by Tim Gunn. Or not Tim Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> no, it was not directed Gunn. by Tim Gunn. Let Tim Gunn direct a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> Please. Um, I, I believe me. He will make it work. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, the movie adaptation of Stuart Little. Uh, with Michael J. Fox. Free Willy, don't get too excited, Escape from Pirate's Cove. I believe those just keep coming. Rugrats, also don't get too excited, Go Wild, which is the Wild Thornberries crossover. I don't know why I wouldn't get excited about that. <laughs> you get wild. Muppets from Space. Because that's the Muppets movie that I want to go watch again. That one is good. Isn't that the one where Gonzo finds out he's an alien? Yes. But we do that all along. Yeah, but still. We weren't really sure, and he didn't know his family. Um, Early Man, the Ardman film um, that we talked about on this very podcast just a couple of years ago. I believe that was last year. That was last year? Yes. No. Uh, that, wait, was that two years That ago? has to be two years ago. Maybe two years ago, because that was the same time as Black Panther, right? Yeah, two years ago. That would have been February 18. That's right, because we went to see Black Panther. Couldn't, and we saw Early Man instead. Yes, we settled. <laughs> <laughs> what is Early Man? It's, um, it's not soccer. It's a very yeah. UK British comedy. Yeah, caveman claymation movie where caveman teaches other cave people how to play soccer. Aw, that sounds cute. It's fine. Well, there's a lot of very British inside baseball references. Yeah. Well, like inside soccer. Pitch. Inside football. Uh, yeah, inside pitches. <laughs> uh, no, it's not quite like Bennett like Beckham. <laughs> Because it's claymation. It's claymation, bend it like Beckham, I get it. <laughs> Except with cave people. And it's from the people who did Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, it's that, those guys. Oh. Yeah, so every character has that weird, very big smile. But if that's not uh, 
convincing enough. Uh, maybe these other movies will convince you. The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland. Nice. Um, oh, Surf's Up. Penguin surfing movie, which I actually enjoy. Yes, but did you ever watch the sequel to it? No, I did not watch the direct-to-DVD sequel to Surf's Up with all the WWE wrestlers in it. <laughs> Surf's Up 2, still surfing. I wish that that's what it was called, but it's probably not called that. Hey, I think it was 20. called Watermania? That would be... I would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Watermania. Um, you can also watch Kangaroo Jack. Remember Kangaroo Jack? No? Okay. Yes. 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 The, the talking kangaroo. That's not an actual talking kangaroo because the ads lied to me. Yeah, the ads like covered up the fact that that's apparently there's only one animated sequence and it's like five minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that like five minute sequence was like all they played at the commercials. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, lastly, um, all dogs go to heaven. Wait for it. Two. The second one. Uh, well, the first one's also there, but I just wanted to highlight the second one. <laughs> oh, I see. The second one. So get your Don Bluth on. <laughs> All right. That's it for that story. So, yeah, I guess if you want to give amazon your personal information i personally wouldn't recommend it but if you do you can watch all of these movies for free and more and more or use it to they already have busy. it even if you don't give it to them that's probably true uh, if you have amazon prime there it is they know where you live <laughs> fair enough all right Let's move on to a story that's a little bit more litigious, why don't we? Uh, yes, because we never go a week without talking about our favorite Netflix. Yeah, but in this case, Netflix, uh, this is about one of Netflix's big creators and getting into some hot water. Uh, Ava DuVernay and her show, When They See Us. Right. Ooh, that does is um, being sued. The other, no, speaking of Ava DuVernay, uh, her movie, A Wrinkle in Time, is now on Disney+. Plus. There you go. Early. But this is the other Ava DuVernay project. Yes, right. Um, her show, her Netflix show, When They See Us. So uh, she and the show is getting sued by an ex-prosecutor depicted in the show. Um... They saw a federal judge dismiss a previous lawsuit, though. Uh, quote, because the First Amendment protects non-factual assertions, Reed's complaint is dismissed, wrote the U.S. District Court Judge Manish Shah on Monday. To find that DuVernay should be hailed into court here because she criticized a process sold by a company that happens to be located in Illinois would be to offend internet in, uh, traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice. What the hell is the story talking about, Mike? I need more context. So, because of the story of the Central Park Five, which is what this is based on, oh. based in New York, and because they use creative freedom instead of talking directly with prosecutors in New York about their tactics, they use people from Illinois to who was part of their expert team 
of how they saw this being interrogated process worked okay so i'm i'm unclear on how this is written so it was a de- defamation lawsuit yeah but is it has it already been dismissed or is that referring to a different lawsuit no that's this one it's been dismissed okay Okay. It's a defamation lawsuit that the judge looked at and said, well, this falls under creative artist licensing. And because they have, they used an expert in this field, then there's nothing you can really sue for. Got it. So they covered their butts already, basically, by having an expert. Basically, by doing their due diligence beforehand, mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, this is such a controversial topic, maybe we should, uh, you know, do our due diligence on this. <laughs> hey, do you think they should do their due diligence? Uh, I believe that is in the arbitration clause <laughs> next to the God of War pandemic uh, section, subsection C, paragraph 2, subletter E, where it says right there, Ava DuVernay is always right, don't question her. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we're, uh, I think we're losing the plot here. Um... Okay, well, I guess that's a fun quote-unquote story. <laughs> uh, was it that much of a slow? News, was it a slow television uh, week? Netflix went down. It's slow news week because Netflix went down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's still working here. Yeah, uh, it went down this morning and then yesterday morning for like an hour, apparently because it's being overloaded or something about people staying home and Netflixing instead of working or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Netflix and servers are being overloaded, so to compensate for that, you may be getting uh, lower quality, which is the actual story. I just didn't update it. <laughs> are you telling me that I just... <laughs> that Annette made this flip? <laughs> as soon as I said that, and as soon as you started laughing, I was like, oh, it's coming. I know what she's gonna say. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I was just gonna say, like, I can't believe that I'm finally in a, in a place where I can watch 4K content on Netflix, and now I'm not going to be able to watch 4K content on Netflix. Uh, this is mainly effective in Europe, where they're uh-huh. downgrading the stream. But don't be surprised if you see it here as well. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Keep your eyes peeled, I suppose, on Netflix resolutions. All right, that's it for television news, but we have a couple of television thoughts to talk about. Mike, I understand you watched Disney Plus's Diary of a Future President. So, I didn't want to watch this. I didn't mean to watch this. Because... <laughs> I'm looking for something new to in my life to binge. So I saw on um, my Disney Plus banner that all episodes now streaming for Diary of a Future President. And I'm like, ah, okay, all right, all episodes. I'll let's see if I can binge this. So I play the first episode, and it's uh, I'll admit it's really catchy. Okay. It made me want to watch a second episode. So I got through the second episode and I had to stop. I had to stop watching. 
because I knew this is something that my doctor would want to watch as well. Ah, uh, I see. This is the trap you often find yourself in. And now we're hooked. And now we're both hooked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, I only started it on Monday, but during my lunch break, uh, we've been watching episodes of Diary of a Future President. So, I understand uh, this is for kids. Yeah, but it's really well done. Okay, okay. Uh, it's for kids because it's basically middle school life and guiding the treacherousy that is middle school while dealing with a new man in your mom's life so how do, so the name implies that your lead character here she is going to become president how does the show present this and how does the audience know is it presented like at the beginning like i'm president now but minutes, here's what it was like when i was a kid yeah now it's the first five minutes of madam president yeah you've just been inaugurated into office here's um a, like here's a quick daily life of like everyone running around the office and then a package gets delivered from uh, the mom to the daughter and it's her diary from when she was in middle school uh... with, a with a note saying this will help you through your difficult times just like it always has that's cute and, and... Then it immediately jumps to the middle school age uh, characters and then just stays there for the rest of the way so far. Yeah, okay. That makes Never sense. Never comes back. But it is a really cool way of putting that spin of, oh, this is how we can have the voice of God narration without it being too obvious. That right. We're doing it. So tone-wise, what is this? Is this comedy? Is this more like school drama? Is it... Lizzie McGuire. Okay, so... A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, it deals with like the dramatic aspects of middle school and finding who you are and who you want to be. Your reasons or your raisins for being in middle school. <laughs> what about my reasons, my chocolate-covered caramels? What about those? See, I don't think they have those in Florida. Which this is based off of in Miami, Florida. Why wouldn't they have those in Miami? They're everywhere. No, because reasons. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, but yeah, this is place in Miami, Florida, so everything in it is like all bright colored and flashy and diverse, and I really like it because of all that. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, Stefan, show up because I'll watch it. I believe she is the grandmother. Wait, really? No. <laughs> Are you making that up? Uh, yes. Okay. Could it, okay, you had me fooled. Gloria or Emilio show up. I'm there. <laughs> no, but like the mom speaks with the kids and then like in a very uh, Latino Cuban way where she, she'll switch from Spanish to English very rapidly and then English back to Spanish. Okay. But while also the mom's also has her own problems going on where she's navigating the new dating scene after um, her husband died two years ago. Got it. Okay. So it's all this new stuff for the family and it's portrayed through the eyes of uh, the uh, sixth grader. Okay. Um, so how many episodes is this on Disney Plus right now? Ten. It's a ten episode season. Okay. 
uh, completely binge-worthy. They're only like 26 minutes. Okay. We've watched about four so far. I think we're on episode five now. Okay, so you're but about like halfway. Each, yeah, but like each episode is also titled something like presidential-related, like once like disaster relief or something else. So it's like it's it's funny how it um, how it's all navigated because like in the first episode she transformed her speech of World War Two about the Axis and allies and how it translates to middle school. How you're trying to find your friends and your allies and figure out who your axis is <laughs> and who you're trying to uh, fight against. And because it takes like, place... Is this person my ally or my axis? And because it takes place in modern times, they could actually be Nazis. So there you go. The, the metaphor is perfect. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, cool. Sounds like fun for the whole family. It definitely is. It's like definitely watched the first episode, and then that one got me to watch the second episode, and then that one got me hooked to want to finish this uh, this uh, series. Cool. Um, and all the characters are fun and playful, and they seem very real, which is a good breath of fresh air. They're not like over caricature caricatures of what a middle schooler is. Mm-hmm. They're very like down to earth but the main character is like very type a and semi of a caricature but not to the ex- like full extent of like what lazy mcguire was sure i mean she literally had an animated version of herself yes a literal caricature <laughs> anyway uh speaking of animation uh, Christy and I watched a, another show that is currently streamable, and you can binge all ten episodes now. Okay, where's this one on? This one's over on Netflix, so I hope your Netflix is working, uh, right, <laughs> listeners. So tell me about Kippo and the Eight <laughs> of the Wonder Beasts. Okay, so it's Kippo. First okay, of all, okay, so I got that wrong. <laughs> so Kippo. So DreamWorks Animation, uh, they've uh, been kind of on a roll on Netflix. I mean, they were responsible for probably the biggest kids animation on the streaming network, as well as stuff for older kids. I mean, you yourself uh, were way into their uh, adaptation of Voltron. Mm-hmm. So, right. They also did the She-Ra recently. Yes, which uh, Christy is a big fan of. Yay, She-Ra. So yeah, actually, the... Is it? Mm-hmm. No, that's right. You can say yeah, she Yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually what it's 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 good that you mentioned that because that's actually what brought me to Kipo in the first place. So, I had heard about this uh, Kipo show through Christy. She actually told me about it a, about a month or so ago. Uh, that she had watched the first episode and she really liked it, and she thought that I would like it too. But it wasn't really on my radar. But then one day I actually watched the little preview trailer uh, that they do when like you... The one that runs on Netflix? Where yeah. Exactly. Which I ne- never watched those things. But this time I actually watched it. And I'm glad I did. Because I was like, oh, this actually does seem like a cool thing that I could totally get into. Um, so I gave it a try after initially watching the first episode of She-Ra and uh, our first two episodes of she 
and that didn't quite click with me. I'm going to return to it, but it didn't grab me immediately. But then I watched the pilot for Kipo, and that did the thing that your your show did to you, where I was like, I need to know what happens next. Right, it's that sucker thing where it leads you into the next one, like, ooh, now what's going to happen? Ooh, now this is new. Ooh. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so this show, it's an adaptation of a webcomic, and essentially, and stop me if this sounds too real, but an apocalypse has happened, and everybody is, like, all the people are trapped underground. Okay, um, never <laughs> happened, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't no think they're trapped, I thought that they went under there because, like, stuff was happening up top. Okay, well, they're not exactly trapped. They could go to the surface, but the surface is run by these uh, creatures known as Mega Beasts on the show. I don't know why the title refers to Wonder Beasts. There are no Wonder Beasts quite yet, so I don't know if they're the same thing or not. Yeah, I'm a little unclear about why Percy, it's called would you that. Like to chime in on this? I think they are, like, they're wonderful. <laughs> 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 they are wonderful in their own way anyways so people don't go up on the surface anymore because these things will kill them it's like unruly and wild up there and these things will crush you because they're ginormous even the ones that aren't enormous will still try to kill you there's talking frogs there's all sorts of weird weird wild things up there um but through happenstance uh, the show is about a girl who finds her way to the surface. She is expelled forcefully via a, a calamity that happens in her underground burrow and f finds herself up on the surface world. And the music is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, um... And so the rest of the series is more is her basically her journey uh, to try to find her people, specifically her dad, to find out where they've gone or to get back to her home, essentially. And uh, along the way, she meets friends. There's a couple of other humans that she meets that are also surface dwellers, kind of surviving against the, the beasts. She makes some friends with a couple of the uh, mutant creatures up there that they call mutes. It's kind of a shortening of mutant. Um... And yeah, the whole thing has this really, really cool vibe to it. Like, the animation is kind of this, like, it's kind of like this balance between, like, American animation and anime influence. Kind of think like an avatar, but a little bit more stylized. Okay. Um, so it seems definitely, and the animation is, like, stellar. Like, there's constantly cool things to look at. There's, like, there's a fluidity to how it looks. All the characters are extremely expressive. And yeah, and like Christy mentioned, it, that's added, the vibe is kind of like added to by the fact that the soundtrack is like crazy good and like is, has a huge variety of different genres. Um, yeah, the soundtrack is on Spotify. I've been listening to it. Yeah. Oh, is um, this your new jam? Yeah. I like listened, like I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, let me look up this, this soundtrack. Yeah, and there, there, it runs the gamut too. Like depending on what the scene needs, like it'll like do like oh, this is like a 
Motown pastiche, or this is like a Western song, or this is a hard rock kind of thing. And there's musical moments too. A lot of the characters will sing and play guitar in like diegetic music and like every once in a while. And there's a recurring theme of music. There's a character, uh, one of Kipo's friends, whose whole thing is when he is doing something exciting, he has to listen to his head, like a cassette tape on his headphones. And so he gets in the zone. And so it's, yeah, so he goes to auto zone. Um, and so, yeah, like, and all of that on top of an actually pretty emotional storyline, like the emotional beats work. Um, the interactions between characters are realistic, even given the, fantastical situation they're in and like you do really start to care for Kipo and the others as they kind of like go through these transformations it's way better than I thought it was going to be um considering kind of where it came from and like what it's based on and like I just didn't expect it to be this good but yeah if that sounds cool definitely check it out okay that sounds interesting I think you'd... I like the Art style. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it, Mike. I think you should at least give the the first episode a try, because if you like that one, you'll like the whole thing. Okay. It's called However. However. If you are not a visual person, <laughs> is Yes, I am blind. <laughs> I just, well, so I like I'm the kind of person that likes to listen to my TV shows and occasionally glance up, and you cannot do that with this show. Oh, okay. There's a lot happening visually. Put it in the background kind of thing? No, you have to, like, sit down and actually watch it, so it's very difficult for people like myself. A good, like, thing... I I was thinking about this recently, and a good, like, um, analogy for it, I think, is... The movie, uh, the uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And why I bring that up is because a lot of the action sequences in Kipo remind me of the vibe that that movie has in its best moments. Where it is so based on the music that's happening and the visuals and like just the fluidity of everything happening. And you kind of kind of like just get enwrapped in it. Like Kipo does that kind of thing. But if you're somebody who's necess- like doing something at the same time, you're going to miss a lot of those moments, and it just won't work as well. Okay, interesting. Is uh, one season so far? Just one. Uh, it debuted in January of this year, so it's a relatively new show. Okay, but everything is able to binge? Yeah, it's all 10 episodes are available now, uh, just to go straight for it. Um, no Five word. episodes, I believe. Yes. Huh? Half hour episodes, hour yeah. episodes. Yeah, and, and they're really digestible and short uh, because of that. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a big investment like those hour-long shows are. It's it's very quick. You'll get through it pretty quickly. I, I watched the entire series in three days. Okay. So. All right, that's interesting. I might check that out. Check it out. All right. Well, um, anything anybody else wants to say about television? Well, what else did we watch today? <laughs> anything else new um, from t- released year 2020 to talk about? 
Um, this is Us had its season finale. Okay. Christy, what were you going to say? I was going to say I watched Steven Universe. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so real quick, uh, you can talk about the, the This is Us finale in a sec, but uh, I just wanted to mention this Friday is the last episode of Steven Universe Future and thus the last episode of Steven Universe. For me, that show ended with the movie. You should really check out Future. I'm not kidding. Like, there's some crazy stuff happening right now. Yeah? Yeah, like, big, important lore things are happening. Okay. So you, sh you should catch up I on mean, Future. I cried. Yeah, I'll have to catch up. That's yeah, I, I cried at one episode as well. Probably the same episode. <laughs> um, I don't know. What episode did you cry at? Well, I can't, I feel like I can't spoil anything here. <laughs> and the yeah, reason I think it's all on uh, on demand I can watch probably yeah you should you should check it out and we'll catch up after Friday on next week's show um, and talk about our feelings <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah because it ends this Friday right correct yes uh, that would be if you're listening to, I don't know when you're listening to this so that would be Friday the 27th alright this is the time for me to binge watch an entire season Hell yeah, there aren't that many episodes. There's like 14. Yeah, I watched them all in like a night when I couldn't sleep because I was anxious about COVID. Yeah. So you COVID. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On that note, tell us about This Is Us. How did it end? Ah, it ended with sadness. It actually ended with the Emmy monologue for a couple of these characters <laughs> where clearly like this is the emotional gut punch of the entire seasons, the whole season they've been building up to because uh, that's what This Is Us does. It drops the hint at the beginning of the season. Of then it drops the base. Eventually we'll get to this point, but let's see the journey of how they got from arc A to arc B. Okay. And so, like, over the course of the like, ooh, is this the thing? Ooh, is this the thing? <laughs> oh, wait, maybe this is the thing. And so it finally gets it, and the thing comes out of nowhere, out of left field, slaps you across the face, and basically says, there, here is my Emmy speech. Here <laughs> is my emotional toll being given out to you. Give me my Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, the, the dad died. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Um, no, they make that very clear in the first like two episodes. Okay, all right. No, what what dad? Huh? The what perfect dad? dad. The best dad you can ever dad. Just say the name of the actor for God's sake. <laughs> uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, okay. I thought he died like three. He's, no, you know he's dead like in the first episode of the first that's season. That's what I just said. <laughs> yeah, that's what he just said. I, say, I thought episodes. somebody might have died this season. <laughs> nope. Oh, no, that's the good doctor. Oh. Uh-oh, was it, what's his name? Sean Murphy? Or, uh, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Freddie Highmore? Yes, Freddie Highmore. <laughs> oh, his character's name is Sean Murphy. <laughs> oh, did he die? If he died, there'd be no more good doctors in the world. 
Oh, well, Freddie Highmore. Well, that, that season will end uh, this upcoming Monday, I believe. You're not going to yeah, tell us what it's, happened it's, on This Is Us? Oh, yeah, well, you got me distracted. Uh, but yeah, uh, the end of this season of This Is Us had the big old here's like part of the future setting, and here's part of the uh, how we got to this part. How's Mandy so Moore? wrap up of this uh, still Mandy Boring, like she Mandy Moore's. She put out a record last week. Yes, I listened to it. Right. We gave her thoughts on it. Yep. Or at least I gave my thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah, she is still continues to be, like, the crux of that whole thing. Um, constantly want to see more of her. More Mandy Moore is always a good thing. <laughs> uh-huh. But she also, like, acts the hell out of every scene she's in. And why she doesn't have an Emmy for this thing, I don't know. <laughs> Has she even been nominated? I don't know, because it's always kind of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the drama Emmy is basically like, give it to her already. She is like the glue that holds this whole thing together. But yeah, it, it goes through a lot of those like emotional stuff as... <laughs> This Is Us tends to do. I was going to say, you're uh, describing every episode of This Is Us. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but, like, this season's, I won't say is as impactful as previous seasons, but that's probably because they set the bar way too high for themselves to ever reach again. <laughs> but hey, who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens in these upcoming seasons. So because a lot of shit happens between now and where they so so christy it sounded like you have some familiarity with the this is us cast did you watch this at one point yeah i watched the first season okay and you stopped because because i was it was making me depressed (laughs) i can see that i was like um i'm already depressed i don't need additional You don't need more gut-punching of the emotional kind? <laughs> no, I'm a Scorpio Sun and Moon. I don't need more fictional characters causing me to... So you got both? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Scorpio X and Sun. <laughs> I like the waveform I just made on, on the, the audacity. It looks... <laughs> Looks like a sword. Anyway. Um, so let's move on because we've been talking about television for a long, long time. I can't believe we're already an hour into this podcast and we're only halfway done. Yeah, we are. That's usually how that goes. <laughs> so let's move on. And I we will... didn't even talk about the old thing we watched, but okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, we could briefly say I finished uh, my quest, which I believe I've mentioned on the podcast before. Which was to finish all of all four seasons of the OC, the Fox two thousands classic. Yes. Um, I have finished it. I did it. Are you proud of yourself? Uh, I'm very proud of myself because it's pretty good. Like overall, it's a pretty good series. No one ever believes me, but it's true. The fourth season of that show is like insane like it's insane that it was on television like it's that good 
It's like they just tossed their rule book that they had written for the first three seasons out the door and was just like, let's just have fun with this. Let's write these characters and scenarios that we want to see them in. And then they get canceled. That's usually what happens on Fox. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was, it was fun to watch and we can tie this in to a a relatively uh, modern story uh, because Hulu is going to remove it soon. It is a Warner Brothers property, so right now it has a countdown to only a handful of days where it will, until it will be removed, to presumably be moved to HBO Max. Countdown to the max. Yep, to the max. Oh, and then uh, I guess I should also mention that we are we've also been watching the CW's Katie Keene. Uh, you did mention that already. Uh, yeah. You're continuing to watch that. Well, I might not be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm feeling conflicted about whether I actually need to know what happens in that show. Okay. So. It finally got you. It was too much CW of a show for you? No, that's the thing. It's, it's not CW enough. <laughs> like... Matt, how could you? I didn't know you were a high school girl. Need <laughs> your CW fix. I am not a high school girl. That is what I will say. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. Anybody else? Before we move on, anybody else want to talk about any other television? I'd like to talk about some cancellations and renewals. We can do that. Let's talk about it. Cancellations and renewals. We have some finales and some renewals for you here. On stars, they've... <laughs> what was that? Uh-oh. Someone started their motorcycle. Yeah. It sounded like someone started their motorcycle. Um, stars is, uh, has canceled the show Vida after three seasons. I guess it was out of life. Ha ha. Hey, uh, some of you will be excited to know about this. Netflix will be bringing back The Circle for two more seasons. Like on purpose? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yay, more Circle. Uh, resident, um, yeah, Resident what Circle. What around comes around. What Resident Circle fan, Christy, what do you say about this? Hello? Uh, did we lose her? Did we lose her? I don't know. Christy! T, 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 T. I think we lost her. I don't know what happened to her. Hopefully she'll come back. Um, Baby, come back! <laughs> um, but yeah, also, uh, other internet um, favorite, Love is Blind is coming back to Netflix for another two seasons. See, my hope is that they eventually get these to a place where it's uh, the circle becomes an all-star cast of the circle. <laughs> and then eventually when they get to a all-star cast of Love is Blind where it's like uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh-huh. So all the rejected uh, single people who are still single by the time they do that come back and try and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. 
I'm just saying that that's their current projection because the ratings are high for those two shows. I mean, well, Netflix doesn't disclose those ratings, but if they did... Um, I mean, they disclosed it enough to where they wanted to have two more seasons. So, that's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, also, on the list here, Netflix is bringing back Rhythm and Flow for two more seasons. Yeah, I didn't watch this. I don't know what this is. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, you came back. Oh, I went to pee. <laughs> you could have just let us know. So, uh, we were talking about uh, The Circle. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix is bringing back The Circle for two more seasons. How do you feel? Yes! Uh, And you've watched Love is Blind as well? No, just The Circle. Well, you gotta get on Love is Blind. (laughs) Okay. It's so good. It's so bad for Poor Mark. Poor Mark. It's a train wreck. You, you would love it. It is a train wreck city. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll, well. I'll add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. That's it for cancellations and renewals. We have a handful of deaths to talk about this week. Alright. Who's no longer with us? Uh, we have John Davies, age 90, American swimmer and judge, also a former Olympic champion way back in 1952. <sighs> We also have uh, William Dufries, age 62, an American voice actor. He was Bob the Builder on Bob the Builder. Yeah, I saw Bob the Builder died. It's so sad. Yeah. Can he fix it? Well, not whatever was wrong with him. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> dark. Uh, Richard, <laughs> S- dark. Richard S. Klein, age 79. He was a television producer. Uh, produce stuff like The Joker's Wild and Break the Bank. Uh, I love long, Joker's Wild. Uh, not the Snoop Dogg Joker's Wild, the original 1970s Joker's Wild. Yeah, the game show? That's yeah, that's what she's talking about. Yes, uh, he also produced a lot of other game shows, uh, like Tic-Tac-Toe and other stuff. Tic-Tac-Toe? Yes, Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> I forgot this fun fact about Christy. She knows an awful lot about old-ass game shows. Well, yes, that's who uh, Richard S. Klein was. He produced all those old, tidy 70s game shows. <laughs> I believe it was also uh, Press Your Luck. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, the whammies. Literally no whammies. my favorite. Oh, big money, no whammies. Big money, big money, no whammies. Favorite scene. And that's my pull string. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, also end up, uh, we also have Bill Riflin, age 59. He was a drummer, uh, famous for drumming in a lot of bands. Um, kind of as a like a pinch hitter when they needed a drummer, uh, including Ministry, REM, King Crimson, The Revolting Cox. There's more than that too. Like he's a very he was a um, yeah he was a common drummer, but not common drummer. No, no, com- <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Stonekeeper's drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing the Stonekeeper because I 
I'm not going to do the joke I really want to make because I've been told I've been making it too much lately, so I will not <laughs> make my joke about common. Anyway. Uh, is that it's just too common? No. Or very uncommon? Or was that the joke? <laughs> no, it's because he has a Microsoft Cloud or something. <laughs> well, you know, now you have to tell it. <laughs> No, it's just, it, that's, that's just, that's, that's it. That's the joke, is I always say, it's like, oh, that's, if Common was a drummer, he would drum while he was telling you about the Microsoft Cloud. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, who else died? Uh, the big death this week um, was, of course, Kenny Rogers, age 81. Of course, a member of the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Gambler, of course, is his famous one of his famous songs, Just Dropped In, Islands in the Stream, etc., etc., etc. You know who Kenny Rogers is. I don't have to tell you. Uh, fun fact. Uh, my parents' first dance was to Kenny Rogers. And at any wedding we go to or any social gathering where you can request songs, my dad always request uh their song so they could dance to it oh uh, kenny rogers lady that's cute yeah but yeah um whenever i play poker i always think of kenny rogers you had no one to hold him no one to hold him it's true yeah actually my dad they was it last year i think for their anniversary they went to vegas and sat in the front row of a Kenny Rogers concert. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Pretty cool. Yeah, uh, he's a big part of my childhood. Yeah. Life, so, I guess. Sounds like it. Yeah. But yeah, he'll be missed. Um, Dolly Parton, however, still alive. Yes, uh, she put out a good thing, a uh, good little memo towards uh, Kenny Rogers. Uh, yeah. On his passing. Okay, well, that's it for death. You didn't mention the... Okay, I know Kenny Rogers is important, but you did. You forgot somebody. Okay, who did I miss? I really forget. Terrence McNally. Okay, tell us. I saw that name. He's a very famous playwright. Um, yes. He, he wrote um, a lot of the books for musicals that you may know or may not know, like Kiss of the Spider Woman. The Rink, uh, Ragtime, etc. Okay. Visit, most recently with uh, Cheetah Rivera. And he will be missed. Aww. Well, thank you for that addition. Um, I bet Mike probably just didn't know what he was responsible for. Uh, I just said playwright in the little blurb. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, the Tonys uh, have been postponed until yep. September. No! Sorry. Sorry, we have to uh, postpone our Tonys party. Oh, no. It'll happen just later in the year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that note, let's move on to music, and this is when I toss it over to you. Michael. Yes, thank you for the iPad. Now, uh, we always start the music. Uh, speaking of Kenny Rogers and Tony's, we go into music. And we start music 
with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Right, what are the hottest five singles in the world right now? Uh, so you know how we're all trapped in our houses? Yeah, I do. Well, Roddy Rich is trapped at the top of the billboard Hot 100. Yeah. With the box. He's still in that box. He's still up there at the box. Uh, number two, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. I uh, bet he wishes he had the number one single this week. <laughs> uh, number three, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Number four, Life is Good by Future, but really it's by Drake. <laughs> and the, I'm just going to... The song is just forever on here now. Circles by Post Malone. Okay, I have a quick question. Christy, since you're not on the podcast that often, have you heard any of these five songs? No, I have not. Even the Dua Lipa one? No, I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Have you heard of any of these artists? Yes. <laughs> okay. You know who Roddy Rich is? <laughs> No. <laughs> we can move on. Yeah, this is like the fifth week that that song's been on number one, and I still have no idea what it is. The Box? Yeah, I've never heard it. Interesting. It only if makes I me think of... Name, Roddy Rich, it... would you not think of a cowboy or a country singer? No. Yeah, I, I, no, that's what I was like, oh, that's probably, he's probably a country singer. But he's but not. He's not. He's not. He's a rapper. I mean, you can be both. Look at, uh, what's his name? Lil Nas X. Yeah. Yeah, he's no Lil Nas X. Wait, has... Mike, have you seen the, um, the couple (laughs) being a dude riding a horse? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The, the, The couple... Uh, the guys on the horse and the girls uh, the tail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> their hair, yes. We saw this. We shared a moment when we saw this and we were like, this is the best thing we've ever seen. Are you upset that you can't do that because your hair is not that long? <laughs> Matt? Pretty- oh. <laughs> I was like, I could do it. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, what about the 200? For 200. Albums chart. Uh, your number one album of the week, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Vert. Number one for the second week. Yep. Number two, My Turn by Lil Baby. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously says Lil Baby's name like that every time. Yeah, Lil Baby. There's someone named Lil Baby? <laughs> He's a rapper, yeah. Or she, I don't know. It's no, it's a man. Baby. Yeah, but baby is non-discriminatory. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it just so happens that little baby is a grown man. Yeah, but little Kim is a girl, so yeah, doesn't follow the little tree. <laughs> Wait, what so about if little Kim and little John there? got together, they'd make little baby. <laughs> what about little Uzi Bear? <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert. It's Vert. <laughs> it's Vert. <laughs> like vertical. I think it's Vert. Like a like green. Like Veritas. <laughs> With missing an eye. 
Uh, at number three, <laughs> we have Y H L Q M B L G by Bad Bunny. What's that stand for? Yo, homie, let's <laughs> let's kiss with a Q. <laughs> My dog's long goodnight. <laughs> Although it wasn't dog. <laughs> <laughs> it also wasn't kiss because kiss doesn't start with Q. Uh, yeah, sure. That's probably how you spell it. <laughs> also, no, it stands for something in Spanish, <laughs> and I thought you knew what it was. No, I didn't look up. It's like some Spanish thing, right? Yeah, it's a Spanish phrase. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyways, number four, Heartbreak Weather by Niall Horan <laughs> of the One Direction. Christy, correct him. It's Niall! <laughs> it's Niall. Niall. <laughs> uh, no. It's Niall. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I called him like Neil the other day. Denial about this. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> Niall. I'm in Niall. <laughs> are you saying I am in denial and you are in Niall? Whoa. I am. I'm in Niall. I wish <laughs> Niall was in me. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Is, is he old enough to do that? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Okay. Uh, I, I forget which one, when they uh, broke up from One Direction, how old they were, or how long that's been. <laughs> Anyways, number five <laughs> is Chilombo by Hini Aiko. I don't know that. I think I said that right. <laughs> Probably. I I said that right. Anyways, did you like any of those albums? Did you listen to any of those albums? I have not listened to any of those albums. If not, we have new releases. What's coming out this week? I don't know what you're listening to, <laughs> but here are the new releases. We have <laughs> we have Calm by Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, Five Sauce. took French. And yet you cannot converse. It's true. Anyway. I can't. Like on purpose? 
converse. <laughs> Love yes, to converse. And, yes. Anyways, back to the new releases in the music section. Yes. Uh, Dua Lipa decided to move up her album from the end of the month to now with Future Nostalgia. This is uh, like, that it got have... leaked. Uh, I did not see that it got leaked. But sure, why not? Uh, we also have The Caretaker by Half Wife. Half Wife. Wife. <laughs> we also Half have wife. New Me. We also have New Me, Same Us by Little Dragon. <laughs> Snapshot of a Beginner by Knack Eyes. Cenizas by Nicholas Jar. Party Mobile <laughs> by Party Next Door. Yep. That is all caps, by the way. Uh, Gigaton by Pearl Jam. Yes, that Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, 925 by Sorry. Aporia by Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> uh, give me one one more take on that first name. Uh, Stevens. No, the first name. Aparia. No. Sufjan. <laughs> You're doing a stellar job of pronouncing things today. Is it Sivan? Is it Sivan Stevens? <laughs> Take a breath and answer. <laughs> Christy, help him out. Yeah, it's like the second. Yeah, it's like what you just said. <laughs> Sivan Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> with Aparia. Sufjan. Love is an Art by Vanessa Carlton. Oh, hell yeah, yeah Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> Before love came us, before love came to kill us, <laughs> by Jesse Reyes. And lastly, I don't know why this is on here, but Saint Cloud by Waxahachie. What do you mean? Why is this on here? It is a new release. Yes. Uh, will you be reviewing this album? I'll I'll be listening to it. I don't know whether we'll talk about it on the podcast. I guess we could. Okay, so then the answer is yes. <laughs> Alright, uh, moving on then to music news. Let's. Uh, Lady Gaga is in the news. Again. As previously announced, um, she's going to release her new album, Chromatica. Well, eventually she'll, she'll be releasing her new album, Chromatica. As the date was set for April 10th, but now it's being delayed indefinitely. Additionally, uh, her uh, social media post reveals that she had planned to do a secret set at the Coachella Festival. But uh, before that, gathering was pushed back from April to October. Well, while noting that her April 30th through May 11th shows at the MGM Park Theater in Las Vegas, had already been delayed. She added that she hopes her performance is in Vegas later in May, 
We'll proceed as scheduled. So, I have a question for both of you that pertains to this story. She's not the only artist that announced a uh, that their album would be delayed this week. Um, this is confusing to me, because unlike a movie... These things don't require you to go out, like go anywhere or, or buy it anywhere. Most people engage with music via digital download or stream. So what... yes, but don't you remember how I brought up two weeks ago when movies were being delayed that music would also be delayed because so, they like to do these big bombastic reveals. So that's what like I'm asking. Lady is Gaga it... at Coachella? That's what I'm asking. Is this just a marketing move? Is it that they're worried that the numbers aren't going to be what they want? them to be because there's no giant billboards with lady gaga's face on them like what this is confusing to me no it makes perfect sense one you're not driving around seeing billboards two you're not in your car driving around listening to the radio for this being advertised because are you really listening to the your radio at home morning commute wise i mean it's why kevin being like was canceled on k-rock i mean i don't think that's the only reason it was a no, but it gave the student, uh, gave whoever was in charge a good reason to make that excuse. I guess. I just... This is all a marketing push where she can't go on these daily talk shows to talk up her album and play the newest hits. And while, yes, Lady Gaga, I guess, I would assume is a big enough name mm-hmm. to release an album on her own, I don't think she's Taylor Swift big to where she can just or Eminem big, where she can just drop an album and be people will flock to it. She needs that publicity. She needs that promotion. I guess, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm curious because, yeah, when I think of what we need right now, I think that, like, we need more things that we can enjoy at home. And I think new album releases are a big thing that would be perfect to have right now. So I just, like... Well, yes, that's why uh, Tom Glover decided to release an album, which we'll get to. <laughs> Must we? I mean, I listened to it. <laughs> I suggested you listen to it, too. I don't know if you did. I know I did. <laughs> I did not. It was oh. part of the new releases. Well, Christy, what are, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts about this albums being delayed thing? Um, I saw it on Twitter, I rolled my eyes, and I kept scrolling. <laughs> Yeah. So you're not a big Lady Gaga fan, or you're just not looking forward to her album? I think it's stupid that you would delay an album. Uh-huh. Um, like, I get that, and, yeah, like, she's clearly only doing it for a marketing thing, which is, makes me... Yeah, but here's the thing, what if she's not the one who decided to delay it, but rather the, her management team? decided to delay it because of it gets no promotions out of it it's fine whatever i just like she hasn't put out anything good since the fame monsters <laughs> moving on not since the incident <laughs> what's yeah not since the incident <laughs> and we don't talk about it exactly it's the incident um okay well okay i'm glad i got your opinions about it yeah i'm definitely of the mind where i think it's like no this is the time where we need something like this and to blame it on marketing it's like oh boo-hoo people 
your your streaming numbers will go up once this is over anyways and people are commuting again. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it's that lack of promotion. She can't go on Good Morning America, perform in front of an audience. And she could... Basically hype up her uh, album. That's not necessarily true, though. We live in an internet age. Like, if anything that the last couple of weeks have proven is that people can live stream from literally anywhere. You can still have these late I night... I do believe YouTubers have been doing that for the past 10 years. Yeah, plus, no. 15 years plus. That's... We've been live streaming <laughs> for the past five years or whatever. That's what I'm saying, is that if she needs to... If her people think she needs to do an interview on a freaking late night or a morning show, then teleconference in. Like half yes, her. You can teleconference into Saturday Night Live, where I'm sure she would have been the musical guest. They're not even the doing Saturday finale. Night Live right now. I'm just saying that that's <laughs> the projection she was on, where she would have done Saturday Night Live at the uh, season finale with with host Daniel Craig or whoever. <laughs> with musical guest Lady Gaga. Or do uh, <laughs> dual roles, musical guest and host Lady Gaga. Um, make the whole night about her and the whole album drops at the same time. No, I get what you're See? saying. I There's just, the marketing push that they wanted. I'm just and saying. That's why it's being delayed. I do, why? They had everything set up, and now that this <laughs> coronavirus has knocked all those dominoes onto the floor, like the kid who's walking around right now, messing all of mommy's stuff up because she's <laughs> not watching Amazon. <laughs> Honestly, I just think it's silly. With the state that the music industry is in right now, physical sales are not even the thing anymore. Marketing I'm not saying blitzes not like that are so only based on physical sales, a traditional market. It doesn't have any impact on streaming numbers. They were already going to be high. If she launched that album on April 10th, people would have listened to it. It would still be the number one album. It's stupid. Moving on. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just giving you the executive's opinion on it. You're not an executive, and I don't care what the real executives think either. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I care what you... To clarify, I care what you think. Not the executives. Anyway, moving on to Bandcamp. Yeah, this is a feel-good story. Alright. I want to make it feel good. <laughs> uh, music fans took notice in a big way Friday when the online retailer Bandcamp announced it was waiving its share of proceeds for one day to pass that money on to struggling artists during the coronavirus. Uh, the site reported Monday that consumers spent $4.3 million on music and merchandise Friday. Mm-hmm. That amounted to nearly 800,000 items sold. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. That amounted to nearly 800,000 <laughs> items sold over the course of one day versus only about 47,000 on a normal Friday. That's more than 15 times our normal Friday, and at the peak, fans were buying 11 items per second. Bandcamp said in a statement on its website. So, uh, Matt, I know what this is, but for those who are the people who might not know what it is, uh, please explain Bandcamp. <laughs> I, 
I, I just have to think about it for a second. It's like, oh yeah, there are probably people who don't know what Bandcamp is. Uh, so Bandcamp. Well, like I said I know what it is, but why yeah. don't you go ahead and explain <laughs> to everyone what that is? It's a music storefront that is built for smaller artists. It's kind of like SoundCloud used to be, where you can basically uh, make a profile for yourself, make a page for your band or yourself as an artist, and sell your music directly. Bandcamp, the company, does take a share of the proceeds except for what the story is talking about last Friday, where it didn't. It is the best way to buy uh, music from smaller artists on the internet because it is the best share of revenue for the artist compared to other comparable digital storefronts. They get more money from Bandcamp sales, whether it be their music or for merch. And this isn't just digital. You can buy physical stuff on Bandcamp as well that they'll ship to you. Um, it's a better share of revenue. So if you want to support your, your favorite smaller indie artists, this is the way to do it. And so, yeah, I thought this was a really, really cool way for Bandship, uh, Bandcamp to show their solidarity, um, and kind of help these bands out because they don't have tour revenue. They don't have merch revenue from their tour dates that they used right, to. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago with all these shows closing and not just big venues but small venues and bars as well so yeah so this this i thought was really really cool i bought some music on friday christy did you buy anything from Bandcamp on friday oh uh, is it just music or is it also merchandise it was out all sales all sales okay. so yeah merch was included nice yeah it was great and i'm glad that they made a lot a lot of money i saw a bunch of artists i follow on twitter talking about how shocked they were about how much they made and how many, how much sales were happening on their pages. And I was like, Oh, that's such a cool thing. So here's hoping that Bandcamp, if they have the ability to, they're also kind of a small organization, but if they have the ability to do this again, as this, um, as this lockdown continues, I really, really hope that they do because artists don't just need one, you know, kick in the, the wallet. They need multiple. Uh, if they're going to stay afloat and continue to be bands. So I hope that this continues. Right. Also, on a side PSA note, if there are restaurants, local mom and pop shops in your area, see if they do uh, gift cards that you can help purchase and then influx them with some revenue as well. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the gift card argument. I haven't done it yet myself. But yeah, if you want to, you feel the urge to support your favorite restaurants your park pantries, if you will. Uh, that's the way you can support them. Mm -hmm. Does Park Pantry do gift cards, Christine? Do you know? I believe they do something. You should, you should get a Park Pantry gift card. I'm waiting for the taco trucks to start rolling down the streets, blaring the ice cream man music, so all the people come out of their houses and order food from the, from the food trucks. Only, uh, only if the line that they form is six feet apart from each other. Well, no, it'd be from individual the houses. The tamale lady. Yeah, there's a lady in my neighborhood that just like walks down the street and just screams tamale. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you she's know, selling I think something? I heard her over here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good PSA. But uh, yeah, okay, I understand that's probably it for music news. Yeah, so uh, music thoughts. 
Um, I listened to the new Donald Glover album, 32520. Or sorry, 31520. Okay. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, it's the date of last Sunday. And it was basically what was leaked and then what was taken back. Yeah. But that was the album. Uh, he just put it out like a week later. He just tweeted it out. He just, he just fixed it. He just tweeted it. I've been working on it full time and he just tweeted it out. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you for understanding my reference. Anyway. We live in these weird times. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just tweeted it out. He just tweeted it out. <laughs> Anyway, working on this for years. <laughs> working on this joke for years, and then he just goes and tweets it out. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, Donald Glover. Yes, our our reboot podcast favorite, Donald Glover. <laughs> uh, Mostly just because you like saying his name like that. Yes, dropping the Childish Gambino act and brings us his own brand of music. Um which is more of an album than his previous albums because this thing is meant to be listened to front to back side to, and not side to side where it's a lot of individual songs composed into an album. This is an album. Um, what, kind of, what kind of music is it? Is it like the Childish Gambino stuff? Is it a mix of rap and R&B? No, or what, a, what is he doing here? It's a mix of experimental uh, sounds. Okay. A lot of electronic beats, a lot of heavy R&B influences. Uh, he does have guest artists on there. Uh, Dua Lipa's guests on there. Uh, 21 Savage guests on here as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, it's a, it's not an album unlike any other that I've quite experienced. I'm having a trouble trying to uh, wrap my ears around it. <laughs> Well, if you wrap your ears around it, you're not going to be able to hear it very well. So, well, it's it's, it's an album where you can't just like put it on and then do other stuff. It's <laughs> an album that kind of forces you to like stop, sit on your bed, and just listen to this thing. Yeah. And I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Did you enjoy it? I didn't understand it because <laughs> I listened to it while I was doing work, but like. Every now and then, I count myself like, oh, my God, that's a really sick beat. I love what's going on here. And then going back to work. But I really felt like this is an album that just needs to be immersed. Apparently, it's been getting a lot of good reviews on uh, like Metacritic and everywhere. <laughs> a lot of 90s. Uh, but, Metacritic know, personally, and I didn't everywhere. get it, but that's just me. But it's, again, it's something that I feel everyone's going to walk away with a different take on it. Yeah, how's your, real quick, how's your feelings about Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino in general? Like, do you generally like his stuff? Do you think it's like, do you think he's good at what he does? Or do you think he's a little bit of a residual, residual fame just because of how famous he is and people want to believe that he's better than he maybe is? What are your thoughts? I've never listened to a full album of his. Okay. Um, I've listened to this thing though, and I can definitely see elements of genius throughout, but this is more, I feel like a well-produced Donald Glover album than a Donald Glover, the artist mm -hmm. I'm here to 
sing and express myself. Okay. Well, Christy, and I know expressing itself through uh, music. <laughs> yeah. Rather than through lyrics. Christy, I know you have some thoughts about Donald Glover. I don't. I thought you did. Doesn't <laughs> have to be about this album. Just no, Donald not about Glover this album. General. I mean, it, just in general. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I it's it's weird. I don't really have much opinion on him. Like, I remember his really early stuff when he put out when, that he put out in, uh, under the Childish Gambino name, and I feel like that's the last time I've actually listened to any of his stuff. And I remember, like, I had I knew some people at the time who were really into it because they thought he was funny. And, like, I feel like the juxtaposition of the time that is, like, how times that have changed now, it's like all of a sudden he's this serious zeitgeisty artist that we're supposed to, like, appreciate on an artsy level. And I feel like whiplash. Because I'm like, I thought he was, like, a joke rapper. <laughs> like, what happened? He's on this. That's what I thought, too. I thought he was, like, a joke rapper slash social commentary. And then now he's rebranded himself, I mean, in this new new era. I mean, we talked that's about him. That's why this isn't under the Childish Gambino name. This is under the Donald Glover name. But even I feel like the last thing he did as Childish Gambino is kind of already going in this direction. Um, I mean, we talked about kind of his rise to fame a little bit on our... Um, Hello? <laughs> Siri is trying Hello? to talk to me. Sorry. Siri thought I was talking to her. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so we talked about the series. Yeah, we talked about uh, this a little bit on the... T- March Madness TV thing when we were still doing it um, about it. We're still doing it. It's just yeah. uh, <laughs> on hiatus. Where that ship took to come in. Um, but yeah, um, we were talking about him in Atlanta, and yes. it's. I think it's all part of that kind of era of his career, and it's just like I don't know. It just seems weird that all of a sudden we're supposed to see him as this very artistic person with a vision and it's like yeah but what about like is it actually good enough to like make it that seem realistic like i don't know you listening to this thing do you get that he is a serious artist or is he still just kind of making whatever i think he's pushing the boundaries of what is art and what we consider it to be but (laughs) Uh, that's some lofty that. that's some lofty claims right there at the same token that is very lofty claims of, yeah well you can throw stuff up there but if like me don't consider it that good i'm just not going to listen to it i was hearing a similar arg- this is a little off topic but i was hearing a similar ar- uh, argument being given um by oh what was it by some other artist. I forget what it was. I wish I could remember, but it was it was basically the same kind of thing. Where it was like, oh, it was um, about the weekend, that new weekend record. Uh, there was a piece on there was a piece on Stereo Gum about the new weekend record. And it was basically talking about like, 
how in this time specifically it's very weird to have a big release trying to make like an artistic statement like because of like the zone that most people are in right now is we'd rather have this like escapist fantasy in our media not not so much like this emotional weight like the seriousness and so yeah I, I wonder if a lot of that is like maybe this isn't the best time for a childish champion or product or a donald glover i guess project like this i don't know anyway it's um like i said it's not for me i'm not going to go back and listen to it it is weird that um this album only has two names and the rest of it uh, the rest of the song names are just when it appears in, <laughs> in chronological order yeah he doesn't have album art either it's just blank yeah that's what i say like the, that's why I, I feel like it's an album <laughs> and not just songs that you listen to that compile into an album yeah weird i don't know the whole thing seems weird to me did you listen to anything else <laughs> I listened to some people complaining about this uh, lockdown. <laughs> That's not music. Uh, I don't know. Music to my ears. Uh, <laughs> Christy, listen Christy. to anything this week? What? Do you listen to anything new this week? You know the answer to that. <laughs> the answer is always, but not, I'm, not what I'm going to share. <laughs> No, the answer is always no. I just listen to the same old crap I always do. <laughs> I enough. watch some live streams. Well, that's true. Yeah, we can talk about real briefly. This is, wasn't in news, but um, the coolest thing to come out of this lockdown is that a bunch of this, these smaller artists and some big artists um, are doing live stream concerts. Uh, yeah, when, I was forced to watch the chris young concert <laughs> so okay uh, you... live stream from his office how was that also garth brooks did a concert okay uh they just played the hits so yeah. it was better than the... i mean because because they can take like advice directly from the audience about what they want to hear yeah instead of like oh i have this set list because i can't listen to hundred thousand screaming fans in a stadium Right. Like I have a fighter set list where, like, oh, like I see a lot of requests for some of my old stuff. Let's just play something from the oldies. Or, hey, I have this new song. Let's try this one out. Yeah, it's an interesting it's kind of... Direct. It's an interest. Yeah, it's an interesting interactive kind of way to um, have these kind of concert-like experiences. Uh, Christy, which ones did you listen to this week? Um, I listened to... Christopher Conley of Saves the Day fame, and uh, Benjamin Gibbard <laughs> of uh, Death Count for Cutie. Right, the the cutie. The death. The, the death. I think I think he's the death cab. <laughs> he's the death cab. <laughs> Who's the cutie? Yeah. Zoe Deschanel. You know. <laughs> Not anymore. It's Carly Rae Jepsen. Come on. We know this already. It is. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've watched um, Uh, a couple artists do some drawings and stuff, but that's not music related. So 
I did listen to some Brandon Flowers. They got a new Killers soundtrack or new Killers song that could become on a new soundtrack later this year. Yeah, they're putting out an album. So yeah, he's been putting out some singles. I heard one of their singles on the radio back when I was still driving to work. Um, yes, like last week. And it sounds like, no, two weeks ago now. Um, yes. It sounds like Modern Killers. I mean, it got me want to listen to an album. Okay. Or at least see, hear what they want. Hear what they're offering. Well, perhaps that'll happen, unless they delay that one, too. <sighs> Maybe. I don't we'll know. Also, um, I know this music section is going on really, really long. But there's also, I haven't listened to it yet, but there's a new Bright Eyes single as of yesterday. Christy, did you listen to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you you would be the person to have listened to this in this room, so. I know. I um, I haven't listened to it yet, though. Okay. Question. Is Bright Eyes supposed to be a riff of the Planet of the Apes? Quote. <laughs> Perhaps you would maybe have to talk to. You can ask Connor. Connor and Mike. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll ask that. Because <laughs> uh, Bright Eyes is the name of Charlton Heston, or it's what uh, Zira calls Charlton Heston's character before he's able to talk. They refer to him as Bright Eyes. Huh. You know that he's, the, that he's the only person is... they've seen who has blue eyes, so they call him Bright Eyes. Wow. <laughs> Did you know that Heston in Greek means poop myself? Poop emoji? It, yeah. It means like I pooped myself. <laughs> so on the posters for all the Charlton Heston movies in Greece, they changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that they say in 30 Rock, but it's also true. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, no. They, they did that with, uh, I think, Fifty Shades of Grey in Italy. Like, it wouldn't translate correctly, so I had to change the name. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, a lot of, like, movies do that. It's really great international stuff. But they have to change the title because it doesn't translate properly. Yeah, most people's names translate, but not his. <laughs> Charlton pooped myself. Anyway... Anyways, we should have to get to the biggest section. Of yeah, I can't video believe games. we're two hours. Finally! We're two hours in, and we're just now talking about video games. So, boy, okay, let's do it. Uh, let's get through these real quick. New games. First up, One Piece: Colon Pirate Warriors Four for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. I didn't even know that there and... were three of these, and now there's a fourth one. Wait, is that like based on the? It is. No, it's based on the anime based on the manga. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. But yes. And then we also have Persona 5 Royale for the PlayStation. That's also a manga anime thing. Yeah, it was a video game first in Persona's case. But yeah, this is a re-release, a remaster, if you will, of Persona 5. 
Now, is this like a battle royale situation, or are they just no? Because that's what everyone's throwing in right now. No, that's just the subtitle for it. It's just Persona Five, but with extra material. Okay, but usually with extra material, it comes with like colons and semicolons and dashes and slashes and backslashes. <laughs> well, they're Not making it. <laughs> they're making it easier on you this week. <laughs> no trails of cold steel colon. Battles of something colon redux this week. Three X slash slash semicolon question mark. Anyway. Uh, anyways, video game news. Yes. Quick two quick ones. Alright, two quick ones. First up, Nintendo has donated ninety five hundred and ninety five respirator masks to the city of North Bend, Washington helping out medical and emergency services at the home of its main North American production facility. The city of North Bend shared the news on its official website, thanking Nintendo for the donation and praising it for living up to its corporate social responsibility model of putting smiles on the faces of everyone Nintendo touches. They may need to rework that. <laughs> also, you can't really see the smiles if they're watching wearing masks. But um, <laughs> yes, I think too. this is cool. I included this because I was like, "Wow, finally! Like, thankful, finally, a company that's actually like helping with like yeah. distribution of these crucial." Because I can't can't express how many times I read this this week these companies complaining about this shutdown, and then also like not using the money that they have to actually give medical devices like this when they totally yeah, could. I saw that a lot of um, medical um, TV productions, because they're off, they're not in production right now, they're sending all of their res- or all of their masks and what they can to local hospitals to use. That's, that's cool. But yeah, so it's cool to see Nintendo do something here, especially a company that's not even based in America. Like, a Japanese yeah. company basically saying, hey, no, we understand that, you know, it's not just our workers that are affected out here. It's the whole community around the city of North Bend. So, yeah. Uh, especially since they sold all their stock in the uh, Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. That for them to still, like, care about the area. It's great to see. And I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah, it's like the company has had such a deep relationship with the Seattle area. Market. Yeah. And it's cool to see them continue, especially now, especially when this is needed more than ever. Yeah, well, the disposable masks are badly needed for professionals working with coronavirus patients. Yeah. Both to protect themselves and others from cross-contamination. Unfortunately... Skyrocketing demand among both health care workers and the public has made them hard to find for the people who need them most. So it's great to see a big company like Nintendo step up and do something like this. For sure. Uh, I love these feel-good music. Feel-good news stories. (laughs) Yes, also feel-good music, but also news stories. Yes, it it makes (laughs) my ears feel-good music. (laughs) Whatever Kanye says. <laughs> is that his la- record label? Is yeah, good music? good music. Yes, that is his record good label. Music. Yes. <laughs> Close enough. Ooh, 
I was trying to do that for music news. The Kanye uh, Taylor Swift audio. <laughs> Honestly, there are reasons why I don't have that conversation right now. Because you did listen to it. No, there's some highly opi- there's some um, opinions uh, over in uh, one corner of this uh, this hangout. Oh, I mean, we can make this a four-hour podcast if we want. Yeah, I don't think we need to have that conversation now. <laughs> You're right, because we're going to add an hour with our next story, <laughs> Animal Crossing. All right, there's a story about Animal Crossing, and then we can talk about Animal Crossing. All right, so Animal Crossing New Horizons is certainly living up to expectations, as it's now Japan's best Nintendo Switch release ever. Best-selling. Ever, ever. According to Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu, the latest installation in the Animal Crossing universe sold 1.88 million copies in just three days. That handily beats the game that previously held the record, uh, which was Pokemon Sword and Shield, which was not that long ago. (laughs) Uh, Eurogamer reports New Horizons is doing numbers that would make Tom Nook salivate. <laughs> last week's sale. Who wrote this? Better than New Leaf, Wild World, and City Folk combined. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of people escaping to deserted islands. And... <laughs> so, um, before so, we... Yes, Animal Crossing is doing gangbusters. Although people are realizing that its multiplayer is kind of broken, because you can't really advance your character through multiplayer, it has to be done through single uh, single player story mode. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Um, before we start talking about the game itself, though, quick question: Do you guys think that the huge increase in sales from other versions of Animal Crossing is it one because of the amazing timing that everyone is at home with nothing to do right now? Is it two the fact that it's been so long since the last Animal Crossing that people were more eager than usual for this one, or three is it just because there's been a generational shift and that people who grew up with Animal Crossing like are now able to evangelize it to a younger audience? Um, I want to say it's more of column A and just a little bit of column B. <laughs> Nobody get that reference. I got it. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, people are being forced to stay indoors, so they're being forced to entertain themselves, and what better way to entertain themselves than with something that's new and fresh, and something that takes you back to your childhood, when something was, you know, a little bit more... Relax and not stressful. Sure, but I would push back on that a little bit to say that I feel like the internet has been excited for this way even before um, we knew that there was going to be a lockdown like this. There has yes, been a level that, of hype for this Animal Crossing the, that's yes, been that, way that, 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 a higher. A lot of hype comes from that, but I feel like a lot more of the sales are being driven from people saying, hey, I can't, like, we can't hang out, but. We can hang out online. All you have to do is just get this game and we can play online. Of course, once you have to get the game, you have to get the console and then buy the online multiplayer and make sure you're connected and have <laughs> paying for internet as well. But 
<laughs> All of the above. Christy, what do you think? Uh, well, I did not play this game as a child, so I don't have any nostalgia for it. That's true. Um, Same. I will say that everybody in the cottage core community <laughs> on Tumblr is really into Animal Crossing. <laughs> Maybe explain what cottage core is for people who may not know. Um, it's people who like Things you might be in, yeah. Lifestyle. Things you might be into if you lived in a cottage. So, at what point do like you whistle and sing while you work, while the animals come in and help you, and uh, yeah, exactly. fly all around you, and everything's hunky dory, and the seven little men are also living with you, except they're dirty, oh, no. so they clean them. I could barely deal with one man living with me. <laughs> I mean, you do have that mansion. I don't think somebody who owns a mansion would uh, like such small, like, country living. Well, that man is actually a dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> three dogs stacked on top of them. <laughs> In a big trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway... Okay, now we can talk about Animal Crossing. So, Christina yeah. and I have both been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. So, I have never played Animal Crossing. I see this thing. I kind of think I should buy it, but I've been on the fence about it. Okay. This is your job. This is your mission. Should you choose to accept it? So... Convince me and other people, should we purchase Animal Crossing? So... It's an animal. The first thing I will say about it is it's an Animal Crossing game. If you think that Animal Crossing would be appealing to you, then you would probably enjoy the vast majority of what this game is. It's still the same kind of game where you are talking to townspeople, uh, your villagers, you are fishing, you are catching bugs, you are donating things to the museum, you are building up your home, you are decorating your home with furniture. You are, like, designing clothes. Like, these are the very basic things. Like, sometimes there's events in this in this island. Like, oh, there's a meteor shower tonight. We're going to go watch it. And this is all takes place in real time. Days of uh, the week matter. Times matter. Weather changes between seasons, etc. This is still that game. But what they've done is they've done a lot of things on the edges of it to kind of incorporate the new trendy um, build-it-yourself kind of game that stuff like Minecraft and Terraria and even stuff like Ark Survival, like survival games have really made an impact on the team and they've made an Animal Crossing game that reflects all of that. Now, like, I've always thought I'd like to play a Sims game until I was quarantined and then downloaded Sims, played for about two hours and decided, <laughs> yeah, this actually isn't for me. Because really, the controls were very janky on the PlayStation, not on PC. Mm -hmm. But, like, how do you get started into liking Animal Crossing? Or is it just something that you 
feel like like how does it not feel like a chore because that's all sounds like you're doing this out of necessity chore so that's the main difference between the sims and animal crossing the sims is very much there are things you have to do to keep your sim alive you have to go to the bathroom you have to shower you have to work to earn money etc 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 there's requirements in the sims animal crossing literally nothing is required of you everything is optional the only reason why you'd want to do anything is to expand the town and make it the way you want the loan on your house also optional you don't have to pay it but if you do you get the option to expand it say make it bigger make a second floor make a basement but again all of this is completely up to you you get to choose the activities you do so it's not like a harvest moon even where in Harvest Moon, you have to like make sure your crops don't die. Animal Crossing, if you plant something, it'll grow on its own whether or not you water it, but you can still water it and you'll get benefits if you do. That's like the example I would give. So, and also, unlike The Sims, you mentioned controls being kind of wonky on a console. Animal Crossing is direct control. You're directly controlling your dude. Um, so all of those like kind of more Sim kind of elements are just thrown out. You have direct control of everything you specifically do with your character. So it what it cultivates is this really relaxed feeling. And that's why I think a lot of people love Animal Crossing so much, is it's it's really an escape. It's like a place where you can just kind of chill, not worry about drama. The most traumatic thing that happens between you and the villagers is if you don't visit your if you don't play your game for like a week or so. Your animal villager might call you out on it and be like, I haven't spoken to you in 16 days, but that's the worst that happens. And Christy well, can... they might move away. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they can move away, but like that really now in the modern games takes extenuating circumstances for them to do that. <laughs> you can pretty much convince your people not to move away pretty easily. Which is like an option, like, oh, please don't move away. Oh, okay, I'll stay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, but I think the cool thing about New Horizons is um, that if, you, if you're if you also the kind of person who's like, well, that's not enough for me. I need more motivation. I need more of a challenge. This game actually gives you that, too. Um, there's like an achievement-like structure where you're constantly earning points for doing things and just doing the things that you would do normally. Like, oh, I caught five fish in a row i get nook miles which is one of the game's currencies for it and that helps me advance and buy more stuff um whereas in the older games that really wasn't there there was like no real motivator in the older games here they give you like an outline of things you can do throughout your day so that way if you are kind of just mean like meaningless meaninglessly wandering around you can kind of pop open your thing and be like, oh, what can I earn right now? What can I do real quick? And well, New Leaf kind of has that. Yeah. Uh, there's like a daily, there's like two daily things you can do in New Leaf and two like longer weekly projects. And if you do those, you get like your, uh, your points at the cat machine and you can spend those. 
So is it like real time then? Like yes. If it sometimes it takes a week, you literally have to wait a week, or is it way to like oh like a day is really only twenty minutes like in Minecraft? Everything is in real time. Yeah. So if you mm. collect all your fruit at seven a.m., you gotta wait until more like, fruit grows back. Yeah, that takes like three days in real time, and like for example. In this game, you're doing a lot of waiting for things to be built because you basically move on to the island and there's a bunch of tents. Like, you're living in tents, your villagers are living in tents. Even the shopkeeper, Tom Nook, living in a tent. And it's so, not good tents. It is. Um, <laughs> and so you're literally waiting to earn things over the course of your first couple weeks of play to do all the things you used to do in the, in the original games. And so, yeah, like, there's a lot of things where you're literally waiting, like, oh, come back tomorrow and this will be built. Like, if I power up my game tomorrow, my shop will be built. I finally earned the shop by gathering enough materials for it. But I have to wait physically. And yeah, this is making some people on the internet a little antsy. There was this um, thing on day two where everybody on the like at once was complaining about the museum not being open yet. That they were waiting on the character Blathers, who like runs the museum, to get to the island. And so there were a lot of people taking pictures of them standing in front of all of their fish and insects that they caught that they could donate until the museum opened. <laughs> Oh, is this that owl that everyone's waiting yes, for? Yes, that was the owl that everyone... <laughs> you've even seen this. Okay. So, yeah, like... I have seen this where, like, this owl's like, finally, the museum's complete. Turns around, and there's, like, 500 stacks of just bugs and stuff. Yeah. So, depending <laughs> like, on who you are... <laughs> yeah, so depending on who you are, that either sounds relaxing and noncommittal, or that sounds annoying and... That's why right now the story today on the internet was whether or not it's good or not to time skip in Animal Crossing. Time skip, no! yeah, time skipping has been a time honored tradition in the Animal Crossing franchise since the first one because it's it takes place. Tradition in most games. Well, yeah, but like most specifically in Animal Crossing because everything's in real time. So if you want right. to see, say, in the original one, the thing was always oh. If you don't play Animal Crossing on Christmas, you'll never experience Toy Day, which is their equivalent of Christmas. And so there were people who would specifically change the calendar in their GameCube settings to Christmas Day to get the thing from Toy Day because they knew they would be out of town on Christmas or not able to go to their GameCube on Christmas. So to this day, that still stands. And so people are doing that with Animal Crossing New Horizons in order to unlock the, all the crap faster. And well, so, yeah, I see how that would so, so if you're asking whether or not this is like worth your time, you have to consider what kind of person you are, because there is a steep divide, I think, among the Animal Crossing fans, which is like, am I playing this as a video game? And I have the tendency to do this too. The first day I was playing this, I like was playing it almost like I was trying to min-max it. I had earned like 40,000 bells on day one just shopping, and I was kind of running against the wall of the world. I was like, there's nothing else I can do. All I can do is earn money right now because nothing is open. And 
by now, by like day five with the game, I've slowed down and I've realized, oh no, I can just play this for 30 minutes, literally stop and play in the morning. And once you have that realization, it becomes almost kind of like a mobile game in that way, where it becomes this short time game as opposed to this long involved experience. And yeah, as you unlock stuff, there'll be more stuff to do and the sessions will probably get longer. But until you get there, yeah, you're going to have to really think about like what's your relationship with games like this and will you be will you get frustrated with it or will this be a nice relaxing thing to play every once in a while? So it is for more relaxful than uh, type of gameplay, I guess. It's not. At least yeah. that's what it should be. It's yeah. It's it's designed. It's not designed for people who are expecting a challenge in any way. There's nothing challenging about Animal Crossing. Okay. I like that. What I like about it is I have a very short attention span, and I don't like having just like one task that I have to do. Like, I want, I'm like, oh, I can go catch that butterfly. Oh, look, there's a fish. I'll go get that fish. Oh, I just kind of want to walk around. Oh, maybe I'll go sell something. Oh, maybe I'll do this. <laughs> and then, like, ten minutes later, I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm done playing this game right now. And then I'll come back, like, later that day. Yeah. I don't have the patience to play anything for, like, hours on end. So yeah, See, you know, uh, I'm already experiencing that with mobile games, though. Right, and I know you love your mobile games, but and this is kind of like that, um, especially now with Switch being essentially a mobile platform, give or take. Um, it is basically that, um, and you can play it like that, or you can play it longer. But again, the longer you play it, you're gonna risk running into that wall where you're like, oh well, everything else. It's kind of like when timers when you're waiting for timers to run up on a mobile game, it's that feeling where you're like, I want to play more of this, but there's nothing else for me to do today. And so, yeah, if you're somebody who's sensitive to that kind of thing, this might not be that enjoyable of experience, which segues to the last point I wanted to make about it, which is because there is resource management and because you build things in this game, they had to build in a mechanic where if you use your tools too much, they break. And just like a lot of the people were complaining about this with Zelda Breath of the Wild when that came out on Switch, that's going to turn a lot of people off. So let I just want to get that across just in case that's a turnoff for anybody. Because yes, your weapon or your items do break and you will have to build them every single time they break. And it does get kind of annoying. I mean, that's the same thing with Minecraft, though, where stuff breaks. Yeah. People have to recreate stuff. So, yeah, I don't think if you're already somebody who's used to that kind of mechanic, then it might not be that surprising. But for somebody who is used to playing older Animal Crossing games, it was a learning curve for me to get used to. Like, just being not being able to dig constantly every hole that I could see and hit every rock with my shovel without worrying that it was going to break the next second was kind of jarring for me. And so, yeah, I had to come around to it. And who knows, maybe... I feel like my shovel lasted a long time. Maybe you just hit more rocks than I do. Maybe, but also, 
my shovel lasted the longest of all of my tools. Um, the first thing to break for me was the stone axe. Then I think that my um, fishing rod broke after that. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, my fishing rod broke first, I think, and then my butterfly net. Yeah, so it's like it's not really that big of a deal, all things considered, because it's very easy to gather uh, materials, and there's more than enough materials to go around, except for iron I ore. Buy one. In, and they do let you buy the... Um, the most brittle versions of the tools in the store, uh, which you can then use to upgrade them to a stronger version. And who knows, maybe by the, uh, by like, maybe in like week three or something, maybe they'll present tools that don't break. Who knows? At this point, nobody's gotten far enough in the game unless they've time skipped to know. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, it, it's an interesting combination of kind of, mechanics in a game that didn't have a lot of mechanics at all before and so it's just interesting but um you wanted to talk about the multiplayer stuff earlier yes i brought that up as being uh broken or at least that's what i've seen on the internet so what you're bringing up a lot of people have complained about this um and it seems like it's residual from the fact that nintendo will only allow one island per switch so I guess what people are complaining about is is that if you're the second or third or fourth person to cr be created and to live on an already created island, you don't go through any of the tutorial slash pseudos tutorial stuff. So that means that you're basically just tossed in without explanations of how any of the mechanics work. <laughs> like the circle. Just like the circle. <laughs> ah, it all comes back around, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, just like a circle. Um, so yeah, I get why people are upset about that. But also, that's literally how it's always been with Animal Crossing. Even in the first GameCube one, you can have four people live in your town. And the only person who could really do much of anything was the first person who started there. But the rest of the, that doesn't keep the rest of the people who live there from doing Animal Crossing things. They can still fish. They can still get bugs. They can still talk to villagers. They can buy things. They can sell things. They can make designs. Really, the only thing you're missing out on is the what little story there is here, like the expansion of the village, the ability to like do stuff like decide where the museum is decide where the shop is and like largely i don't envision a whole lot of people who would have this kind of co-op experience caring that much about not living through that experience mm. well i'm not sold <laughs> but you can still visit your friend's island yeah, which brings us to something that we did today. We actually uh, messed around with the online co-op today. Uh, she flew to my island, and it works. That, that sounds like a sex thing. Yeah, she flew to my island. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And we stay six feet apart from one another. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no COVID in Animal Crossing. I've decided that today. Um, Unless you name your character COVID. <laughs> 
Well, she did name her island Work From Home, so. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, the co-op is pretty cool, though, because you actually get to see the person real time, just like they're really there. It works just like you would think, you would hope it would. And yeah, you can just follow them around. They can do their own thing. They can, like, they're just kind of unleashed. And you don't even have to worry about them um, knocking down trees or anything unless you add them as a best friend. So, like, there's all, there's basically two levels of interaction. Those They'll let guests hang out but not, like, add to the community. Or if you're best friends, then, you, then they can do literally anything they want. everything you want oh I, no i'm not gonna knock down any of your trees i haven't knocked down a single one of my trees me either <laughs> i don't even know how to do that yeah but yeah the co-op seems cool i mean we'll probably play some more of it soon um to see what else we can do in it but yeah i'm really enjoying overall um it's a really good animal crossing game if you like those games as for the uninitiated i think they are doing a lot of stuff for like around like the edges to make it an interesting new experience too it seems like this is a lot of people's first animal crossing and i don't see a lot of people being turned off by it you specifically though yeah my worry is just that you'll run into walls where you're going to want to do more stuff and there's not going to be enough for you to do I mean, yeah, I like the idea. I guess it's just something that I have to play for myself, I guess. Yeah. Because like, I like all these ideas. I'm just not... Because I don't like how I play. I like having quests. I like an objective. It's why I'm playing God of War again. Because I like, go here, do this. We need this done. Not, oh, do this, and then come back in, like, uh, in, uh, what is it? farmville or whatever <laughs> like plant this crop come back next day and we'll be here yeah and there is some of that here. that is my big crux about it um and the sad thing is is that the thing i would recommend to you unfortunately you can't really do right now which would be to go to somebody's house where they have a game and do some couch co-op with them because that would be a way where you wouldn't have to I spend do that right now yeah. Or if you have a 3DS, you should get New Leaf and try out New Leaf because it's less expensive and it's like similar. It's less expensive. It's similar. It's more. You're the mayor in that game, so it's like there's a lot more like stuff you're doing to create, like build up your town. Um, but it's not as much waiting, from what I understand, because from the beginning you have the basics, unlike New Horizons where you're waiting days for the basics to happen. Okay. So I don't know. That, that's not a bad. That's not bad advice. Uh, so if you want to dig up your 3ds, <laughs> you're right. I gotta it's put it back there in my backyard. Yeah, but the three, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's the waiting part, I guess. Because I like to binge my games hours <laughs> at a time. This is not a bingeable game. Animal Crossing never has been. No. It's designed to. You basically get in, do what you need to do for the day, and then get out. Like, there's been, it's funny, there's been a lot of people talking about their Animal Crossing spreadsheets online lately. 
people will make spreadsheets for this game be like here are all the things i can do in a single day and then they'll go down like a checklist whoa yeah yeah i'm not that crazy but they're out there so yeah it's definitely a thing that they intend on you to play daily i mean it's the reason why tom petty wrote a song about it <laughs> All right, I'll let you have that one. That's pretty good. Thank you. Anyway, so that's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay, I think that's the end of our podcast here. I think so, unless you played anything else. I've been playing two games. One I just mentioned, God of War. I downloaded that so I can have a story to go through again. Uh, the other game I've decided to download is because I've been buying, putting huge quotes around here, buying uh, the free PlayStation Plus games every time they've come out. I've had multiple games to play, so I downloaded also um, Last of Us Remastered for the PS4. Mm-hmm. I believe upcoming April is going to be Uncharted 4. But I also, because it was last year during the playoffs, MLB 19 I got for free. And I've been playing some of that. Hell yeah. Some of that. Someone Someone awesome. Someone awesome is making a comeback. Hell yeah. Yeah, every time I see... I have this bad habit of every time I see that you're streaming, it's it's like from an hour ago and you're already done. So like I haven't yeah. been able to watch any of your streams because they're at times where I'm not on my computer. Well, I am terrible at it, but Tyler, <laughs> on the other hand, is freaking great at it. He's already uh, moved up from tri- from double A to triple A. Nice. And it's just jacking home runs left, right? I'm sitting here like, my guy can barely hit it out of the infield. <laughs> Let me know when you guys pitch a perfect game. Oh, wait, you're not pitchers. No, we're not pitchers. Uh, <laughs> but my guy is 69 to the max. Nice. He, he is. He's somewhat awesome. His number is 69. He is six foot nine, And all his stats and facial features, because they're all customizable, are exactly at the 6'9 uh, crossword. <laughs> That's perfect. Is painstakingly perfect. He's six nine. How is he? How is he not like a ba- a basketball player? He's six foot nine. He's um, in the wrong has sport. A severe tan, white hair, <laughs> and mutton chops with a curly beard. And there's like a patch, like right underneath his lips, where things don't grow. <laughs> but everything else is just long. It's hilarious. I am great at making creative characters, but <laughs> terrible at playing the game. So I'm stuck in an option where I can just play and kind of grind it out. Eventually, I'll earn stats to make myself good, or dumb it down so I can just like jack home runs like I used to. Yeah, it. Trust me, as someone who has finished a whole season of the Road to the Show mode in that game, just move the difficulty down when you're like getting bored of bored of it because it makes it so much more fun yeah see cause that's what i did uh in the show 2017 when i created someone awesome i just had it at the very lowest difficulty and was jacking home runs left and right and yeah. was able to move up into the uh majors by the all-star game yeah just break. be an instant hall of famer there's no reason why not to 
Like be the Mike Trout I know I can be. Exactly. Be, be your inner Trout. Be my inner Trout. Yeah. So MLB The Show Twenty is out. Um, but yes. I I feel like it's weird though to buy the baseball game for a season that will not happen. So. Yeah. Uh, half a season, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If it if it happens, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, the NF or MLB Players Association and the owners are currently trying to work out a deal where it is possible to play two double headers a week and finish with enough games to determine who's like to be in the playoffs. <laughs> wow. That comes around. That's crazy. So that means if it's possible. I will be spending my entire day at Angel Stadium or Dodger Stadium, whichever one, and just enjoy the doubleheader that can <laughs> so you Im- put together. Can you imagine what a supercharged, like, double-speed baseball season would be like? That game starts <laughs> at noon and ends at 10. Oh my god. 10 hours of straight baseball. Just baseball gauntlet. That's basically, like, We'll fill me up for the entire season, just one day of that. <laughs> right. Hey, I might be privy to that if my tickets still count, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, speaking of, because I think that is coming up, right? Call the Angels box office about what they plan to do. Well, I didn't purchase the tickets, so my stepfather would have to do that. Okay, well, tell them what to do. To how to uh, make sure your ticket is still valid for opening day, whenever that may be. Yeah, they they told me that they were keeping an eye on it, and they would tell me when they heard more news. So okay. Anyway, because well, opening day is technically Thursday, right? It's... And I know that because uh, we will be turning on our uh, copy of MLB The Show nineteen. <laughs> Pitting the Angels versus the Dodgers in a simulation game and sitting back and watching that play out. <laughs> nice. Well, I will try to watch Wearing that. our jerseys and everything. I will I try to put that on our stream, too. Yeah, I will try to watch that if you stream at a time where I'm available to watch things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usually it's at night. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, well, then that'll do it then for this special 220th edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you. Yes, thank you for our guest, Christy, and our usual Mike uh, for joining us here. Um, This is where I'll do the plugs. If you want to listen to more of the Media Boat podcast, we are available in two forms. If you want to see our streamed episodes that we've streamed in the past before our lockdown, you can go to youtube.com, search Media Boat podcast, and find our YouTube page. Like, subscribe, comment. Click the bell for notifications when we go live. If we are going live, it will be in a month or so from now, so don't get too excited. Uh, if you I know would... that the streams are the stream names for uh, the YouTube are wrong. I'm currently using this <laughs> quarantine time to go back and correct that. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. So those should be accurate now. As for the audio versions of the podcast, you can still listen to those. Those are great for lockdown. Listen to us while you're working from home. You can find our archive on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts by searching Media Boat Podcast. You can also find our special series like our our year-end wrap-ups from January and our... Um... <laughs> we have a visitor. Uh, and our... Um... 
our in progress March Madness streams. We're counting down the or not counting down, where we're ranking the best shows of the twenty tens. Uh, stay tuned for more information about when that show resumes as well. You can find us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search MediaBoat Podcast and find our page there. Like, comment as well. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat. Currently under construction, but when it's back up, you can donate to us as little of dollar, as a dollar, dollar a month, if I can still talk, um, can help us make uh, this podcast even better. So please consider donating there. And if you want to watch t uh, video games like MLB The Show 19 and the exploits of someone awesome, you can do so on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. Go there and join us streams, our streams in progress as they happen and like and uh, chat with us as we play some video games safely from the comfort of our homes. Uh, for this week, that'll do it. So thank you. We'll be back for another recorded episode next Wednesday. So stay tuned and see you guys next time. All right, we'll see you guys later. Okay, bye. 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 Like, I appreciate your, like,